folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except we're extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome back to Channel Massive. This is episode 255, Tales from the Dungeon, Sent to the Kobold. My name is Noah. My name is Mark. And we are recording in person. <laughs> we have eye contact for this we episode. We have eye contact, so we won't be talking all over each other, no matter how hard I try. Are you sure? Uh, yes. <laughs> Last week we had scheduling issues because of E3. My schedule was messed up. And so Mark met with me online on the Skype on Friday night. But now we're back to regular routine. Yep. We're we're here in our subterranean lair. Yeah. Watching my file server do whatever it's doing. <laughs> Get pegged. Get pegged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's getting pegged. <laughs> it's just a tramp, I tell you. <laughs> it's not some kind of online bar. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's getting around. Everybody's getting a piece of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for this week's episode, we have our third week in Dungeons and Dragons Online. We got together with the crew on Monday night and our Monday game nights and got into a much larger dungeon experience than we were used to. Yeah, it seems like it it seems like we were complaining about two things, the brevity of the dungeons and the difficulty. And um, we'll talk about it later, but I think we we solved one problem. We did, by accident, no less. Yeah. <laughs> it was not planned. And my hoovering no. up of quests, Yeah, the one that we went into, as far as I know, I don't know if it was on our list or not. A three-hour tour. Randomly go into a dungeon and <laughs> boom. <laughs> got that. <laughs> <laughs> it just went on and on. It was a quest within a quest within a quest. Yeah, it was really it was it was nested quests because yeah. you'd go. Well, we'll talk about. It yeah, later, okay, but, okay. Yeah. We're we're taunting you. <laughs> That's going to be our Monday game night story. Before that, we're going to let you. We're going to recap what happened last week, and then get into some fun news that happened during the last week, as well, in the last few days, because. E3 is never enough. There's always some kind of fallout. There's something that goes on afterwards. And sure enough, it happened again this year. So yeah. we're going to get into those new stories, tell you about our Monday game night adventures in DDO, and then prep you for what's coming up in the coming weeks on Channel Massive. Please let us know what you think of the episode and the show in general. Please send any emails that you have to mail with relevant content at channelmassive.com. <laughs> You can also review us on iTunes or like us on our Facebook page. We've got a Facebook page to let you know yep. when episodes get posted. And we are on Twitter. Our official Twitter is at Channel Massive. I've been a little bit negligent in posting there because I've gone crazy on my main Twitter. Well, yeah, and he also wanted to use a lot of profanity and had to rein himself in. So I did. I was, I was sitting on the Channel Massive Twitter, and there was some kind of sarcastic remark that I wanted to make about something. And I was thinking back to when Jason ran the channel massive twitter and i was thinking jason would have had no issues typing these hands i'm like i just can't do it <laughs> i just 
it's, with that many people it, it feels because he got us a, a lot of followers on there mm-hmm. and it's just like i feel like i'm gonna let somebody down or i'm gonna <laughs> do something wrong like with the that little, many the little, little little noah angel and the little noah devil on your shoulders yeah were- we're like prodding each other and like having an argument. And the internet and, company side of Noah that's like, must preserve numbers, must increase numbers. Uh, crazy word for numbers. <laughs> and the other side is like, but my integrity. <laughs> now we don't know which one is the devil and which one's we really the, don't the because, angel the, because it's interchangeable. Really, being a crazy whore for numbers is both good and bad. It totally is. Yeah, but if that's if that's intriguing to you you can follow mark and i individually on twitter my twitter is at this is noah and i am co markham yeah i don't know if have you posted anything recently no i haven't my desperate battle against anorexia continues though so <laughs> desperate yes yeah me and porsche de Rossi uh... continuing our battles <laughs> so there's a picture that explains this <laughs> you have to go and see the picture yeah. to understand yeah yeah, it's, it's a reference to a picture of it's, Mark. It's me unquote. and my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Last week at Channel Massive was our second week of reintroducing news back to the show after a hiatus from that since December. It met with universal critical acclaim. Yeah. Um, you know, Rotten Tomatoes loved it. Metacritic, uh, Metacritic loved it. Metacritic loved it. Um, iTunes loved it. iTunes loved it. Reddit, the, the Reddit forums exploded. Um, so so far so good. <laughs> yeah. um, you know we're gonna stick with it and see how it goes. And we're gonna keep our feet on the ground and keep reaching for yeah, the stars. Reaching for the stars. <laughs> Somehow I hear like some kind of a chorus behind me. <laughs> yeah, we we'll continue our our desperate <laughs> attempt at relevancy yeah. and uh, see how it goes. Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> we we told you about how video games can actually make you a, a superior human. Make you? Yeah, they can make you. Like Khan in the latest Star Trek. Oh, I just blew it for everybody. Oh, or did he? Or did I? I Who knows? You'll only be able to find out if you go see the show. Yeah, go see the show. If you can find it, I think it's been pretty well crushed by every other show that's coming out, like World War Z and Superman. Oh, gosh, yeah, I got to see that. I saw This is the End last week. Was that good? It was. Did it end? It did. Oh, good. It It was really funny that... I went with a good friend of mine. Was and Seth I, Rogen and those guys? Yeah, Seth Rogen and James Franco. And they're like all these cameos from people from like Paul Rudd to Mindy Kaling and Rihanna's in there and Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, there were a lot of really funny scenes showing him. Oh, gosh, saw. yeah. He's the foulest thing ever yeah. in there. And then uh, the dude from Eastbound and Down. I forget what his name is. The curly, permy type hair. Um, mullet. Oh, Curly yeah. hair mullet is Mike, dude. Michael Sarah was he the guy on Arrest, the kid on Arrested Development? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's so funny because I'm watching the first season of that and I'm like, holy crap, that's Michael Sarah. I just never. Realized. It's kind of surreal. It's like you kind of forget that he was on. Yeah, that. and he plays it so well. Like he looks yeah. so uncomfortable in that show. You buy it's it definitely like, a specialty. Right yeah, he just you're just like because I think later in his career he made you uncomfortable, but in that you just watch him and you're like that kid's suffering. Yeah, something fierce. <laughs> that was how he's been when he was being corrupted. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but oh wow, well, was but yeah, it good? it's 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 good. It's it's really trashy and, and campy, and provided you go in with the mood for that, I think it's really entertaining, especially seeing these actors. Emma Watson has a, a cameo in there. Hermione, mm-hmm. like her, uh, she's pretty cool. She's the she's what Lindsay Lohan would look like without the drugs. 
Yeah, kind kind of. That's a good that's a good <laughs> example. Before and after picture, and no one will ever know. <laughs> this is Lindsay Lohan before, and this is Lindsay Lohan after. But really, one isn't her at all. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I would recommend it. I went with a friend who I hadn't seen a comedy movie with him before, and he had a really loud laugh. <laughs> oh, it was worse than that. Yeah, it was more like that. The white belt, but laugh. really loud and Ooh, loopy, and there was people sitting right in front of us, and I could just see their physical discomfort, especially the girl that was directly in front, of him, just increasing because mm. he was just such a loud, loopy laughter dude. And it got to the point where I'm like, I don't really know if this is funny or not because he's laughing so hard; it almost sounds like he's faking he's it. Like a laugh track. Yeah, yeah. Was was did you start to at least enjoy the discomfort that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he would laugh, and then I'd look at the, their silhouettes in front of me. I'm like, "What do you think of that?" And then I went back to watch the movie. Yeah. It, was, it was a little distracting, but hey, he really liked it, and there was some stuff that made me laugh. Oh, that's cool. I think you couldn't go in there and not find something funny. It's kind of like bridesmaids. What I, I was, I felt that was really funny, or the original Hangover. Oh yeah, there's the just so many. Hangover's really funny. That identity thing looks pretty funny too, but I know. Oh yeah, that. I wanted to see that too. Another arrested development person, Jason yeah. Bateman. And then that woman, the, the comedian, she's so funny. Or whatever. Yeah, and she's also in Mike and Molly of all yeah. things, a show I that know. I would never watch. She's so much funnier when she's not in Mike and Molly. Yeah, I'm not surprised you're that. Yeah. She definitely hits hits more with the adult content allowed. Yeah, and that movie with her and Sandra Bullock actually looks like it could be pretty good. Where she's the total white trash thug cop. Oh, awesome. And Sandra Bullock is this by-the-books FBI agent. So that concludes uh, our podcast. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed our movie section. We just talked about movies for <laughs> no reason. That was yeah. not anything that, that we our, talked about last that week. That was our entertainment tonight homage. Homage yeah. or whatever. Uh, last week homage. in DDO. I can't pronounce. I cannot pronunciate words this time. Homage. Homage. Fromage homage. It's a ginner. A what? A gen- genre? genre? A genre? A genre. <laughs> <laughs> We're sophisticated I'll, on the genres. I speak words that I don't fully understand or <laughs> comprehend, amigos. Comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last week on DDO, we achieved level two. It only took us two weeks to do it. We got to level two. So many other MMOs, I you get to a, level two in the first like I ten minutes. I had a really good idea for a title for tonight, but apparently that won't work. <laughs> yeah, your brilliant idea was level three. Yeah, it was. Which it gets to the point where it's like, there's no point in titling what the... What do you think the title of the eighth episode could possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> Let's assume that we continue to progress at this breakneck pace. I like to use the word progress at this breakneck <laughs> pace. <laughs> yes. But I've been talking to a lot of Canadians today. So uh, they do that. They call things road rooters and... Rooters and progress. Progress... Yeah, it's strange. Recently, I heard some uh, some of the tech guys at my job. They were talking about clusters. Cluster. How's <laughs> your cluster? Doing? Said, that's the first thing that came to my mind was must work on cluster. I'm going to be working on cluster, and then I will eat a hammock <laughs> by myself. And then I will do ballerina stretched to the right. Ballerina stretched. Ballerina stretched. Do these make you uncomfortable when I do these in your cube? <laughs> I could be so flexible <laughs> in my business suit from eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Business suit from 80s never go out of style. <laughs> never work with us is the lesson that listeners are getting. Because we never forget. We're we like, don't. We don't like forget the, the good stuff. We're the elephants of IT organizations. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, um, that was last week, and now we're going to talk about news. <laughs> and our cluster. Cluster of news. Yeah, we broke our rule. It only took us two weeks. We're going to talk about more than two news stories. We're going to talk about, like, I don't know, eight. Eight or twenty. But because, you know, we know that you like this, and we're here to please you in every way possible. <laughs> well, I don't even go that far. Okay. <laughs> a subset of ways there's that a, might please there's you. There's a few things I, I Meatloaf style? I, <laughs> I'd do anything for love, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, I am a crazy whore no. for listeners. I, it's only in the, the, the literal sense, not the figurative. <laughs> It's just a, uh, wait, you're holding the literal sense you're crazy or? Let me rewind and just make sure that's what you wanted to say. I would only do that in the figurative sense, not the literal. I mean, wait, it's a Freudian I, I slip mean, time. What's a Freudian slip? Who's the whore? Really? Who's the whore now, Mark? Well, obviously it's not, it's not Noah. And, and there's only two of us. So that kind of kind of points to one of us the one <laughs> mathematically that, speaking yeah i've done the math here i think you'll like my scatter uh, graph it clearly shows that you're the fuckhead <laughs> but anyway we do have news oh, we, we do we do we do so post e3 fallout developments there is a general consensus amongst some people in the press that the big news to come out of E3 was not related to Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo or any of the big game developers necessarily, but it was what was going on simultaneous to Microsoft's press conference. That was Apple's WWDC Worldwide Developer Conference. Apple does not care about your stupid E3s, has its conference at the same time as E3. Much like GDC and Dragon Con. Yeah, and, and PAX. And yeah, so they were revealing oh, iOS yeah, 7. Sorry. I don't know why I did that. Wait, is it? GDC, I think, is a... Well, one of them is in March. I don't know if there's other ones. Yeah. PAX and... PAX. 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 A PAX on PAX. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, it was so, so There was some kind of Dune or Star Wars thing that was coming up. Oh, uh, like a Dune just reference? flashed through my mind. I don't know why it made me think that, but I think it was a voice that you might have used before. <laughs> the Cuisette Tetter... Cat. The, the Cuisinart hat rack? <laughs> yeah, that. So there are some columnists who have said... <laughs> there it is, that's the voice. He said the same voice that you use for box Box It also works for covering ACDC tunes. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Sorry. What makes it funny is... We're not doing this remotely, so Mark makes a face for that voice that just I don't see too often. It's a combination of <laughs> orgasm and constipation. <laughs> makes us wish that we had that video feed, but we still haven't figured that, it out. Yeah, we put, put that one off. <laughs> yeah. We're not. I don't and know. also eating Braunschweiger. I think there's a little bit of that in there. <laughs> yeah. I okay. can't believe I'm eating all the organs of this animal in one wonderful loaf of meat. Whoa. Mm. When you put it that way. All right. right, so you found a story and I found a story about Apple. Did. Your story is on Slashdot, of course. Have a connection. <laughs> we do. <laughs> An Apple connection. <laughs> Your story said the console's real opponent may be Apple. Yeah. The Aquas. It was an interesting concept in that, well, you know, Microsoft had the whole um, 
Path to Self-Destruction showing at E3, <laughs> which we, we went into some detail on that last week. Yeah. Um, PlayStation just basically said, we're not that drunk fool. Yeah. It was kind of their whole approach. And, totally. And Nintendo was like, we're doing our own thing. We've got another Mario game. Got we another got, Mario Kart 8 game. Got yeah. another Donkey Kong game. We got, yeah. Do you like do you like Donkey Kong? Do you like donkeys and their cons? <laughs> do you like the, con- the Donkey Kong of the donkey? We have the Donkey Kong. <laughs> so, the Donkey Kong. <laughs> it does not take much work to screw that up really bad. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Conky Dong or whatever you want to call this it. This reminds me of the opening of, of what was it, Desk Till Dawn? And the red and the oh, yellow and the we purple. We all kinds of <clears throat> stuff and uh, wares to show you. Something that's converse to Conky Dong. Yeah, it's right there. That's right. Yeah. Tip of the tongue. Yeah. Right on the, well, of some people's. It is. Um, wow, how did this show we start been out this so crude in a long time? It's because I'm not drinking anything stronger than 4% alcohol by volume. That's the biggest problem. It's like that was slowing me down. Now, Obviously. Now I know. Um, Conky Dog. Conky Dog. <laughs> that should have been the name of the episode. That's the game we should be developing. <laughs> we can combine two genres and make it educational. <laughs> it's time for Conky Dong Math Challenge. <laughs> you got two dongs. You take the two dongs and you add them to three dongs. How many oh dongs you got? <laughs> uh. Oh, those album arts I could make oh, for this. Oh, you didn't get it right. It's time for a conk. Turn <laughs> uh, your dongs. Yeah. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, where were we? Oh, yeah. So... Anyway, Sony was basically saying, "Well, I'm not, I'm not that drunk guy," which would be yes. uh, Microsoft, and my, and Microsoft was continuing to do their thing, and then of course there was the Nintendo guys <laughs> pushing the the, the Wii U, and I, I didn't hear much about the 3DS, but um, they really downplayed it because they're they are in crisis mode for Wii U, right? Because so, with 3DS is doing awesome, right? So they had to focus on something, but what maybe was also you know, going on was the 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 kind of the relevance of Apple with their yeah. their iOS platform. So um, just the way you can extend the 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 phone and the the iPad to be a real gaming system and what the future may hold. And yeah, not um, too far out where those devices are powerful, as powerful as current gen consoles, if not. Getting on to the next one. <clears throat> Strangely, um, what wasn't mentioned in that article, but is right there, just kind of waiting, is um, you know recently Google's been working on making some strategic hires for gaming. That's people. true. Yeah, they have. And they of course have Android, which is outselling Apple uh, phones and tablets by uh, like a ten to one margin, right? So, and Samsung specifically is just owning everybody. Yeah, with the Galaxy. It's- um, I never really thought this was going to happen. I wouldn't have predicted two years ago that Samsung and its Galaxy phones were going to be the primary competitor against iPhone. Yeah, There's just been so much stratification, I just kind of accepted that the Android platform was going to continue to be splintered. And there was going to be all these cool-sounding phones, whether it was the Thunderbolt or the Galaxy and yeah. uh, all these different things that just come and go razor it's just and this one has taken hold and the market share for all the new 
phones sold is just it's if you look at it you're like what is apple going to do i mean they got to come up with something cuz it's and it's and the tablets are selling too yeah and you know of course the kindle tablet is you know based on uh, droid so that's selling like crazy so i guess the question is if so apple mentioned that they're working on a controller for the I, iphone ipad um and that would take gaming to a different level on it and then you had found another article about kind of extending out or expanding on what they're going to be doing yeah as a new processing power comes to it they already have like the retina display mm-hmm. which is ultra high res um, but my question is what what will that mean for samsung and google um you know droid and stuff because everything that apple's doing it seems like the droid platform's doing faster but the problem is, is the Droid marketplace remains splintered among so many different versions of the Droid OS. Right. With Honeycomb and Gingerbread and all those different little versions. Yeah. <clears throat> but if, but like you're, you referred to earlier, if much more of the Droid market can solidify around just a couple models, like what's occurring with the Galaxy, the potential benefit on the Droid side could be realized that Apple already enjoys, where they have a single OS, they update everybody all at once, there's... Only a couple models available. And yeah, game developers don't have to take into account every strange combination of yeah of uh, you know screen resolution and the, yes, ex- that's you know. too. That's another really big deal. Right. You know. Of course, if Apple keeps adjusting the screen resolution slowly, of their phones every model until they slowly stretch it out to where it's the length of a yardstick, <laughs> but the width of a yardstick too. Just stick that in your packet. It's awesome. It's flexible now. You just bend it around your head. You know, that that seems to be the direction of their phone, though. It's getting slimmer and and stretched out. So, I don't know. It's interesting, though, to think that... um, Yeah, well, console sales are down, software sales are down. The lowest, for last month, for May, software sales were the lowest they've been since May of 2000. Wow. So, a 13-year drop. Now, granted, we are in a transitional year where we're about to finally get a new Xbox and a new PlayStation, and... 2000 was also when PlayStation 2 first came out. Right, and so all the de- all the developers are allegedly working on their But there have been huge gangbuster games coming out this year. Oh, yeah. Between Bioshock Infinite and Tomb Raider and, well, StarCraft II, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, Last of Us, really big AAA blockbuster games, but they're not moving stuff either. Yeah. So, the like, I think these columnists are correct that those super accessible free-to-play games, the ones that are small, that are just eating up people's time. That's happening to me. I've wasted so much time in casual games in the last month on my phone. Yeah, it's there, though. It's with you all the time. It is, and if they're addictive enough, boom, there goes all your free time, and I don't have time to sit down at a console of any sort. You don't want to even transition to it, because it actually becomes... A bit of a turn. I'll have to go turn on the console with my remote. That's going to take like a lot of calories, and then I gotta, I gotta set the phone down. And but like that sounds like stupid, but it's actually your thought process when you're into a game on your phone, or if you're even if you're just like looking at like reading a book on Kindle or something like, uh, you know, like an app for your phone or something. Yeah. Like, now I got to go grab my actual real physical book or an actual Kindle. Or a, a yeah. nook or something. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just fine with this, and it, it's the same for because it has drawbacks, but it's the convenience of it makes it yeah. okay. Or you know, I'll, uh, I'm tired of listening to my stereo with these or my 
you know, I'm on Spotify with my phone with these little phone, uh, you know, earbuds. I want to actually switch over to my home stereo. No, you just, it's really not any more accessible or better than just doing what you're doing. So it's always there. It goes with you everywhere, even to mm -hmm. the bathroom. I mean, yep. it's with you everywhere. It's, it's, it's. Recording everything. Every, well, yeah, <laughs> thanks to Prism, um, it probably is. But I, I just find it to be pretty, pretty interesting to think of that the the real enemy of the consoles is not the other consoles or the resurgence of PC gaming or anything like that, but it could actually be these ubiquitous, yeah. you know, iOS and Droid-based devices that are, well, they have their own built-in internet connection. Mm -hmm. They, you know, their their power consumption is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, pretty crazy stuff. Nobody would have thought, I don't think, that. No. I sure didn't take their initial, well, you remember my commentary on their initial batch of games was like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is going to change the world. This will change the world. <clears throat> and and they were. The first batch were just horrible. They were bad. And yeah. then, uh, what was that game that came out? The the, the sword one? Um, the oh, Infinity Blade? Infinity Blade came yeah. out, and everybody was like, I didn't know you could do that with the... I remember being initially surprised. I'm like, wow, that looks really nice. <laughs> yeah, and it was. <laughs> it was like using the Unreal Engine, and yeah, um, pretty impressive, so... So another editorialist, a columnist over on Polygon, brought up another aspect, specifically from the Apple front. During the WWDC, one of the features noted by iOS, the upgrades of iOS 7 is that it will now support game controllers. The thing that the editorialist uh, caveats his point with, he says, he says that Apple could be, that could be the biggest news to come out during the E3 is that iOS now supports controllers because P that could essentially take the Wii U concept where your your phone or your tablet is a powerful device that can stream a game except in this case you're not streaming from a console onto your phone or onto a little tablet you're going the other way and if you have a really high-end nice controller and if these pieces of hardware are as powerful as current-gen hardware then you don't really need a console anymore. You can use that same phone that you've been taking with you everywhere. You just pull out your third-party controller, and then you could be playing Call of Duty via your phone, which is kind of surreal to imagine, but it doesn't seem unreal at this point. Yeah, when you first hear the, oh, the biggest news could be a controller for the iPhone or iPad, you're like, really? That's a yeah. bit of a stretch. But then when they point out all the ramifications of it... That you could stream it to your television at home, have a full-on console experience, and then take it with you on the go and keep playing. Well, and yeah, I mean, a lot of those new droids have that, um, like, HDMI out to a TV and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Already. And there are several different console models coming out, like Ouya and GameStick this year, that yeah. try to f further that concept. So somebody's going to crack that nut, and Apple would be in the best position to do it. Unfortunately, they still, while they make millions of dollars off of games, they still haven't put a truly concentrated, yeah, huge assault on that concept they're not making their own controller this time but if they did they could potentially standardize game controls oh yeah and just make a bluetooth game controller or something i don't know what the latency is like on that but i'd imagine that'd be the way i i noticed that um you know adopting going from a regular phone to a smartphone for me seemed like a kind of a bad move i was like <laughs> well, smartphones have those stupid apps you know yeah and and really i really want my phone to just be a phone and be a good phone and have battery life and then, for whatever reason, I got an Apple 
3GS or whatever, and I was like, oh, wow, this is, this, these iPhones are pretty cool. And then, you know, the Droid stuff started to really take off, mm-hmm. and you eventually made the, the Switch. Yeah. Can you imagine now not having a phone with, like, all that firepower for... Mm-hmm. Um, gaming, but also just all the all the other things like the GPS, the mapping, the navigation, the yeah, the browser, the music, mm-hmm. the the browser, yeah, everything. It's like it's a mini computer. I, f- I would feel handicapped without it. Literally, mm-hmm. I would just be or email for work or whatever. I remember people telling me too. Once you get it, you won't be able to go back. And then I was just so begrudging about it. I didn't want to pay for an additional data plan just yeah. for my phone. Right. When I was already paying for data at home for all my other, my many other pieces of hardware. Yeah. So many more pieces of hardware in my home use that one data plan. And then I was buying an extra data plan just for one device. Right. With the data cap. And now, and, and you know, and then of course you can use Wi-Fi with it, but now. Yeah. It's like your phone is like such a centerpiece to your technological it really is. existence. I'm so reliant upon it now. Yeah. I use crazy. it for everything. It's crazy. Me too. I've really, I've, I'm even using like a work phone. So you would think I wouldn't have it like really personalized, but mm-hmm. because it can connect me to my personal email and it's got, you know, apps I can install. <clears throat> I just find that, you know, like if I, if I can't find my phone, I'm like, oh my gosh. Or sometimes I'll be at work and I'll leave it at my desk and go do something and I'll like want to take a note or something. Yeah, and I'm totally. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to actually have to write this down on paper with a pen because I don't have <laughs> my phone, which means I won't have like my Evernote instant sync from my phone to my Mac yeah. to my work um, laptop to my home computer. I won't have that, you know, and it's just stuff like that that you, it's just mind boggling to think that you it become could, so reliant upon it that it could take over the console space eventually. It just totally doesn't seem to be a challenge. Yeah, I, and I don't necessarily want it to. I mean, I like my consoles and I like my PCs. Yeah, but still, up to this point, the games that I really enjoy on my phone, with the exception of some really sweet tower defense games and some generic puzzle games, they're not the same as the games that I enjoy on my console or I enjoy yeah. on PC. Same with me. <clears throat> so, so that's a bit that'll have to be a bit of a evolution yeah. to go to that level, which we're not quite there yet, but they are increasing in there. We're rapidly now. racing towards it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, that was our first story. We, we, ran, we are done with one. We only have a hundred more to go. <laughs> we'll try to whip through some of these other ones. Speaking of portable gaming, portable PCs, Nvidia's Shield launches next week on the twenty seventh, and out of nowhere, they abruptly decided to cut the price down from three forty nine to two ninety nine, believing that that may help them get a quote unquote home run. This device is actually an Android based gaming device it's like a really sweet little controller with a little pop-up screen that's got hg level graphics and not only can it play android games but it can also wirelessly stream windows pc games from a computer so you could get computer gaming with a console controller anywhere you want in your house right so that's pretty darn sweet i think it's it's neat i haven't actually gotten any hands-on time with it and i was kind of envious of it i don't know if this is going to be a game changer or not a lot of people who have commented on it whenever I read stories about it are very skeptical and like, eh, whatever. I'd like to see it succeed because I really like a solid controller, but maybe someday we'll see something like this, except it's not coming from NVIDIA. It's coming from some Android device manufacturer or Apple. And instead of that little screen, it's actually your phone that's hooking onto this controller. Kind of like the, uh, I think Nokia was making the Engage way, way back. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't really work out, but 
if Samsung did it now, or or I, you know, Apple, maybe it would work. I don't know. It'd be cool to see how it does. I'm not excited about it because I, like you say, I want. If I'm playing a PC game, I kind of want to be in front of my computer with my mouse. Well, yeah, with the mouse and the keyboard. But there's not still not like tons of games unless you're playing a console game, the PC version of a console game yeah. where you want to use a controller. But it'll be interesting to see how it does, really. Yeah, it's pushing it's pushing the boundaries. So good for Nvidia. Same with the Ouya. Yeah, which has still been kind of a dud. It's kind of fizzling. It's yeah. struggling out there. Something else that I thought was worth mentioning is Dungeons & Dragons Chronicles of Mistara launch, oh, which is like an old-school Golden Axe-type game. Ultra it's actually a compilation East. of two that's been dressed up, got a bunch of RPG elements added, and you can really level up your characters. And you have six different classes you can play, and you can have multiple people on the screen at once. It looks really cool. You know, in it, in it, when you showed me it, it, even though the art style and everything is totally different, but it just reminded me of Castle Crashers. Yeah, it's it's um, a very similar format essentially. You no, know, but it just it has the visuals of Golden Axe or Altered Beast or something like that from that. Like I, what was my comment was, oh, does it have the rapidly flapping the the cape that flaps way too rapidly? And sure <laughs> enough, there was a character with this cape just spazzing out, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, it's perfect, and it does. It looks so true to that old. Yeah. You know those coin sucking games where you just have to feed the quarters because you couldn't mm-hmm. possibly. So yeah, that looks really cool, um, and it's for it's for um, Steam and Xbox and P- PS um, three, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's launched on all those simultaneously, or if not, they will soon be available on all those platforms. It looks really cool. It's one. Yeah, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It's been getting a lot of good reviews. And being Dungeons and Dragons fans, of course, it's piqued our interest to see a beholder oh, yeah. in there. And these early '90s graphical interpretations of these <laughs> monsters—it's pretty sweet. The beholder looked pretty, pretty epic. Yeah. Something else we've talked on this show about many times in the past—it's a movie that I've not seen, but that Mark and Jason and Jim oh, saw. Yeah. And years Jason ago. was irrevocably influenced by it. Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> Logan's Run is what we're talking about. Not when his son has. Diarrhea. <laughs> That's right, because his son it's was also named Logan. Logan. Yep. And apparently he will be neutralized at the age of 21. <laughs> yeah, but there's a certain age where the crystal in your hand glows and you have to go to carousel. You float <laughs> around in the air for a while and get zapped by some kind of strange lightning. <laughs> that, of course, sums up the movie. I look forward to you ex- expressing this destiny to to real-world Logan and seeing what yeah. his reaction is. And when you're 21, the crystal in your hand will start to glow. I don't have a crystal in my hand. Not yet. (laughs) But that movie has been on track. It's been in development hell to be remade, which you mentioned, Mark, that the original version doesn't hold up as well today. It doesn't. You know, I tried watching it the other day just out of pure nostalgia because I really liked it when I was a kid. And, you know, you just, I don't know. It's just, it's just really. I think the. <laughs> Do the special effects get in the way? What is it? Y- yeah, special effects, the costumes, soundtrack. soundtrack, the the like laser beam look. It's just like I watched the original um, Planet of the Apes, and that was way that really held up way better, which is saying a lot. Interesting puppet um, faces. Yeah. So yeah, I just I think. I usually hate reboots or the idea of them, but or remakes. But this one, I think, could would be pretty cool. And what's why we're bringing it up on our show is because of all the people to be 
rewriting the screenplay, it's the dude behind Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah. the original Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Ken Levine, the head of Irrational Games, is writing the screenplay. It's it's so unusual for a video game star to be getting pulled to Hollywood. Yeah. Versus the other way around. The other way around where video game people are like, please, we need you as a voice actor. Please, you know, yeah. write the story for us, Hollywood, because you write so much, such better stories than we do. This time it's the other way around, which is kind of cool. That looks pretty cool. And Ken Levine is really great at writing, at least in the video game front, complex, twisty stories with surprises. And maybe he could do something cool with Logan's Run. Maybe no one will die when Carousel starts. <laughs> no, they got to die. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> At our last story, of course, we would be remiss to not acknowledge that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Microsoft decided to reverse its most controversial policies related to DRM. Yeah, the phone home and the trading restrictions. You know, there were some advantages to the trading restrictions that that's also going out the window. Yeah, so there's no family share where you can add 10 people to your account and you can just randomly share the game between these people, yeah. whether they're in your house or they're across the country and they're in your quote-unquote family. So that's all gone. Um, well, they had to do it. As I as I tried to summarize it in the show notes, it was like Microsoft sobers up, rethinks phone home and concept and trading restrictions because it did seem like they were just on some kind of drunken rampage. We're Microsoft, motherfuckers. And, and this make... is the future. We know what it is, except yeah, the future. Just deal with it. We hate GameStop. We hate them. We want them to yeah. die. We don't like people trading, and we we're really gonna try and you know court the 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 publishers. Yeah. And screw everybody else. And and you know I think I saw another story today about how Xbox was basically saying to indie indie um, developers find a publisher. Yeah, exactly. For Which that's sake. still true. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's like find a real publisher. This self self generated crap is, stupid. is bullshit. You don't have time for that. Yeah, so that's like, I wish the, the answer would be, yeah, we'll all use Valve as our publisher and the, yeah. the Steam Greenlight program and slowly destroy all you AAA monsters. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, I think it kind of was going to happen one way or the other. It's funny that it happened so fast. Yeah, you know? it, it just really was unexpected. I was following it on Twitter, and it's like, Rumor has it that within the next 24 hours, Microsoft is going to reverse its DRM stance. It's like, what? And Twitter just got really freaked out. And then, boom, it happened. They posted this link. There's a, a link on the Xbox website that says that listed all the old policies. And it says, based on c- c- customer feedback, we've decided that we're going to change <laughs> these policies. This is What you see below is not the most recent version. Click here for the update. You click the link and it was broken. No, that's great. But for after after about thirty minutes of that, they fixed it, and yeah, they removed family sharing and some of the other stuff. But they also unlocked it; it's no longer region locked, and you can print games, you can trade use games. The policies are pretty much the same as they were for 360, and now they're the same as PS4. Wow. And in the short term, through Xbox One sales boosted up on Amazon just almost instantly, outpacing the PS4. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. And then, of course, GameStop and Gamefly posted these ebullient <laughs> stories We're and editors. Like, it's so great. They've made a really great decision. This is a victory for the consumer. And yet it was completely silent on the developer and publisher front. No stories like, that was a really smart decision. Yeah. Analysts were saying it was good. GameStop and Gamefly said it was good. That was it. 
the customers said it was good, but the publishers are still like, damn it, we were really hoping that all of our people that bought our product could have to go through some elaborate registration process for <laughs> yeah. whenever they wanted to trade a game, and then we would get some kind of percentage after... we. So Microsoft would take the lion's share of the resale percentage, but we'd get some tiny little bit, and we would hang on to that little morsel of gristle, and we would suck it dry. But, you know, instead they're just relegated to the role that most people that pr that produce a product have, which is you, you, you produce the product, you sell the product, hopefully it's right priced, and then you get the money for it, and that's kind of the end of the story. Yeah. And that's kind of what they're stuck with. And yeah. you know what? It's... You know, develop a better system for selling your stuff. Your stuff, if you if you have to, but I don't know. Yeah, you can't say that libraries and used bookstores killed the books industry. No, no, you really can't when you go to uh, when you go to like a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. That are now, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we always had libraries. We mm -hmm. always had, you know, different ways to get stuff. Um, you know. I would go to the bookstores, and they were small usually. In in they'd be a small little store in a strip mall or in a mall. Yeah. And, they, and now there's these just giant Barnes and Nobles, and for a while there were Borders, mm -hmm. and they're humongous. And then of course there's Amazon, the the ultimate bookstore, which mm -hmm. barely sells books anymore. They, they're yeah. busy with every other way to dominate. Um, but yeah, it is really a hard. And there's digital distribution of books, which you would have thought would have killed bookstores, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, hardback and soft pay, softback bookstores. Granted, they are not doing nearly as well as they used to, but for a long time, their books were able to live side by side with used bookstores and libraries and not yeah. implode. It was really digital distribution that's been a real challenge for that industry. Not the best metaphor, but it's the first one that came to my mind as far as video games make it. I mean, I would love it too if the publishers and the developers got shares every time, and I try to, I try to buy games new when I can, but I know not everybody can afford to do that. Yeah. And if yeah. we're going to still have the console game market stay large and relevant and not get destroyed by people saying, well, screw this, I'm just going to game on my phone or my yeah. tablet, we still need used game sales. Well, I've heard a lot of people describe that as like a, they have like a hybrid model for how they handle their game purchases. So if it's a AAA title that they're eagerly anticipating because of previous games that they've played by that developer that give them the confidence as a consumer that it's going to be a top-notch product, yeah. they'll buy it new because they can't wait. Exactly. And, and yeah. because they have a loyalty. But if it's something that they're new to, like a new genre or a new developer new or something, IP. they'll buy it used. And they'll slowly start to gain that kind of loyalty and sense that, oh, whatever Rockstar makes, the, it's going to be awesome. So I don't care if I've never played a Western by them. I'm still going to buy, you know, whatever the hell that title was. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that's a, a lot of people have that model. And then they're always, they're selling those AAAs that they bought new for full price to get more money to buy more used stuff. But they're always going to pony up the actual cash for the the latest, greatest, you know, game yeah. by their, their preferred developer. I think a lot of people have that kind of a, it's not really probably formalized in their minds, but the people I talk to that, you know, are primarily console gamers seem to do that. Yeah, Jason was a good example of that. That was exactly how he would roll, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and, you know, it's a little different for PC gaming, I think, especially with Steam right now, but um, still. Well, I think ultimately, just as easily as Microsoft was able to change the policy out of nowhere after yeah, a week of bad press, easily. they're going to change it back. And I think there is an editorial that I read 
somewhere. I think it was on it Polygon. Both Sony and Microsoft will be doing this. They will be switching over to pure digital. They're just going to figure out the better way to message it. They're going to come up with better incentives. <laughs> and it's going to go that way. They can change in the middle of the stream where they can introduce a, a tiered yeah. program. And the next consoles, I have no doubt, should there be next consoles. Should that survive. Um, they will be purely digital. I and mean, it will be all license-based. And we'll expect that and be used to it. But I don't think we're ready for it now. Yeah. And like within seconds of Xbox or of Microsoft reversing those policies, there are people on Twitter saying, you guys suck. You're just whiners. You've ruined everything. You're a small vocal minority. I wanted that stuff. These, this was actually futuristic thinking. And we were going to get such cool features with the family sharing. Da, 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 da. And then there was this ridiculous editorial that I called out on my twitter and i can't remember i think it was gizmodo who said like you guys have shot yourselves in the foot we were about to enter this fantastical world where you could share and sell digital games and the prices were going to go down because the publishers and the developers were going to be getting lots more sales i'm like there is no way the price will ever ever go down you know i heard a term today from uh, my friend bob and i never heard of it before and he called it astroturfing. Have you ever heard of that term? Mm. It's where you pretend that you're a part of a grassroots effort, but it's obviously a corporate shill that's writing it, like much yeah. like that statement. Mm-hmm. Like, so it sounds like it's a community-based website that's like saying, "Yeah, you know, this was going to be great. It was going to be a new golden age of gaming." But actually, there's some guy at Microsoft just typing it in. He's all bitter. He's <laughs> like. My plan failed this time, but I'll be back. Oh, yes. I'll be back. And, but anyway, astroturfing was the term. And I thought it was just hilarious because it's like, seems grassroots, really not. Nothing real yeah. authentic about it. It's still green. It's just the same color. Yeah. Well, and it's like they're predicting features and functionality that not even Steam has figured out. Yeah. And how is Microsoft going to come around and do this when Steam is way further ahead of them and actually delivers on really crazy sales that Microsoft doesn't do? Microsoft will release titles onto the Xbox Live network that are retail. So, yeah, you can go and buy them at the store or you can buy you can just directly purchase them and download them on your Xbox. Yeah. They release them two or three months after the fact, long after the game's probably dropped to 30 bucks or 20 bucks at the store, yeah. but it comes out at 60 bucks and it doesn't drop in price. Right. So I can't see any proof in there that Microsoft was going to magically turn into Steam and have fire sales and huge 75% off sales oh, that if article, they'd had this. That article we read a long time ago where they said it would, you know, the average game price, AAA title will be $35. No. No. There's no way they would ever ask for less That'd money. That'd be like candy bars going back to five cents. Yeah. It's the same kind of logic. Well, since so many people are buying them, of course, the candy comes to be like, hey, you know what? We're okay with you. Every time they find a new, like, giant oil field somewhere, the price of gas does not go down. No. It just continues its it's like, steady pace. Hey, the market can bear this price. We're going to keep charging. Yeah, Nothing less than that. Supply and demand. It's mm-hmm. capitalism and... So, yeah, the the utopian future that was destroyed by this latest turn for that poor person who wrote that article, well, <laughs> it was basically a total pipe dream. Yeah. So those are our strong and angry <laughs> opinions about that. And my caveat is those things will come to return, and maybe they will be better. Once the, the Microsoft got burned in this, these companies are going to figure it out. We have a very similar model with Steam. That's always something that people bring up. But there's also alternatives to Steam. Yeah. Whereas if you buy a console, you don't have alternatives. Yeah. But enough about that. Listeners, let us know if you have any strong opinions on those topics. Mail. M-A-I-L. 
channelmassive.com. Now let's get into our Dungeons and Dragons Monday Game Night recap from our latest session. So it all began with us all complaining that the last session, two sessions, were too easy. And we needed a challenge. Yeah. And I played a little bit on my own um, between sessions. Oh, with, you did? With a new character. Yeah. And, you know, I found that I had the option to crank up the difficulty. And I could do normal in solo mode, or I could hire NPCs and do, like, higher difficulty. Yeah, weird. I and didn't know that, though. it's kind of cool. So, yeah, you, have a, you can have a whole party that you kind of hire. And they, you have so many uh, hours of use of them. Maybe oh, it's I was wondering hour. if it were per dungeon or... Yeah, it's per hour. So nice. you buy them. And, you buy um, them by the hour, huh? Eh, kind of like that. <laughs> found a nice hotel. Well, an inn. I found an inn with some rooms up top. They were by the minute, which was fine for me. But but anyway, um, it was pretty cool. And, and so my gripe was... And we never did really stop... And think about it before we went into the, the the dungeons. But we so we started out. We played one, and I was like, "Wait, I think we." And it was too late. And so what I was reading on the screen, and I don't think I was conveying this to you guys right, was every time I would choose like a hard difficulty, it would say that somebody in the party chose normal. Oh. And so that was what was happening. Was somebody was getting all twitchy and choosing normal, and even though like I was choosing like ultra hard. It was still default to the lowest setting that somebody chose. Yeah, so to give some context, listeners, every quest that you start, you see a little menu screen yeah, you pop have like up. like five options. And yeah, they're, they're each a different difficulty level. Right. And by default, the first two are always available. It's like easy and normal. And then the next two are hard and super difficult, whatever Harder the word and is. Hardest. Elite. That's what it was, elite. elite. Yeah. And you would always joke, let's do elite, let's do elite. Yeah. And nobody could click it. But there was one where you were able to select elite, and we did elite. We played a little compact, typical DDO quest. Even Elite wasn't hard enough for us. Yeah, I don't know if that got overruled well by a normal or not. I don't remember if it really was Elite. I clicked Elite. Did you click? I and I got elite. it. It was kind of weird. It came out of nowhere because I'm so used to not seeing that. But I think that's what shows up is the message that is so fa- flashed so fast. Which says you were going to be set at normal because such and such is chosen oh. normal. So it's like the lowest common denominator. And so that's why I was like all in the next one. I was like, no, everybody take your time. And then it was like, Hush. yeah. yeah. It, all of a sudden the elite option went away and was grayed out and it was normal because somebody already. Oh, so like, you were seeing it actually. Like, yeah. I, I've never seen it unlocked on mine. Yeah. So I was like, that's ah. really weird. So, but I thought, well, this will be another quick dungeon and we'll get out of this and we'll. We'll do it. We'll try it again, and this time we'll like be really careful. And that was our third dungeon that we thought that. And it was a humongous dungeon with sub-dungeons within it. We've never seen one that big before. I was just, as we were playing it, I was like, this is almost like a task force in City totally. of Heroes. Totally, yeah. Because it just keeps going, and, and, you know, I was enjoying it, actually. I mean... Yeah, it was cool. The sub-dungeons all had their own unique personality, although all were kind of sewer-based. Mm-hmm. A lot of kobolds. Yes. that night i'll tell you there was between their cobalt prison and their cobalt sewers and their yeah. cobalt caves the ice and the all the the crazy like contraptions to kill us there was yeah they had spikes coming up from the floor fire being breathed and oh yeah that's right those spikes columns. from the floor yeah that's right there was there was a lot of cool stuff so it was it was it was the challenges were pretty good except for the fact that it was a normal it was still easy and i i think it's kind of all tied together. People rapidly selecting a difficulty level, 
people not feeling challenged. It's just the game for a group of six or five. It's not giving us enough challenges. So, I mean, I was just running off and doing things on my own well, by that myself. Was exactly. Now, that did come in handy because there were some lever puzzles where we had to have people all over the dungeon to, to see what the cause oh, and effect true. was. Oh, that's true. That's true, And so, yeah. and I, I was, like, especially interested in that one, as you might have noticed. So I was like, okay, now you go over here, you do go there. And we were, like, coordinating. Because there it. were three levers, like, on yeah. two different floors affecting a door that was three floors up. Yeah. And so we reasoned that the one at the top where there were two doors was probably the lever that would open the one at the bottom. And sure enough, it, it or no, it was the other way around. But anyway, it worked. Exactly yeah, and it was funny because there was like only two of us up on that top floor standing in front of this giant door that we hadn't figured out how to open. And then two people were at the two switches the floor below us, and then somebody else was at a switch that was even lower than that. Yeah. And all of a sudden the door was open. It was just like, all these monsters came out. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> close the door, close the door. But, of course, we were able to destroy the monsters because the difficulty level was normal. But it was still pretty cool, just the way... I almost died, actually. I started running away. Oh, that's right. It was a horde of them. If we had had that on a higher difficulty, it would have been really challenging. But every time we thought we were done, we were getting towards the end of a quest. It's like, there's another door that leads to another quest. Yeah. Yeah. And they did have some interesting things going on. You know, it was cool. It was pretty neat. And, And I think... Lengthwise, I don't know if content richness wise, but it was it was like the Swatters, Star yeah. Wars: Old Republic's um, those, flashpoints. Those are big, yeah. Which those, if we committed to one of those in a given game session, it usually took half or more of the session, yeah, to do that. And this was like that too. It just was so surreal because it took us three weeks to find a quest that was like this, and we're now in the main capital city, I guess, yeah, the harbor yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And we were just going from door to door. We we're just circling the pier. Here's the door. Anybody got this quest? Let's go in here. Here's the door. Let's go in here. Yeah. And then the third one, it wasn't like any other one before. No, it was different. It was cool, though. I, I liked the depth of it. I think if we'd had the difficulty level right, it would have been really, really fun. Well, and it's, it's also not like we weren't rewarded. We got so much loot that our gear bags got completely full. I was throwing stuff out yeah. towards the end. And we got to level three. Yeah. Which had a seri- a lot of little mini ranks in between but we never stopped to level up we never left to sell things no remember we just I was, kept going i was freaking out there for a while i'm you all were. full i want to go back and scott's <laughs> like do you have a red bag and a blue bag i'm like yeah he's like put all your gyms in there and i was like oh okay that helped a lot you don't know that though you just like i have extra yeah. bags what are these for they just pop up randomly yeah, i didn't even know i had them honestly that was cool yeah we, we continued on and i i can't say that we're really maybe a little bit but like we all have different classes that have different specialties and i'm healing a little bit but because it's so easy we don't even really have to come up with a team strategy like no the bard needs to cast this and the dwarf needs to go over here and the ranger should do this we had some runes where we always needed agamemnon to come up because he's the only character who was smart yeah so you needed him to open those runes. But other than that, there wasn't much strategy or no, teamwork that was I, necessary. We had Scott, military Scott, would, de- would disarm the traps. Yeah. Um, that was about it. So hopefully next week we could get the difficulty level thing sorted out and make it more challenging. Because it should be. We should have to stop and think and yeah. plan. Um, and someone from last week's episode added a comment that they were going to join us it was somebody who's actually written an editorial or two oh, yeah, previously right. on our website i think his name is dan daniel 
but he was saying that he was really enjoying the game and that he was going to join us. And that'll unfortunately, be yeah, that'll be really yeah, nice. I didn't run into him. We're sorry if we we did not catch you or we missed syncing up with you. But please join us next time. We are now at level three. We play on Monday nights from 11 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Eastern. We have a group of about five to six people. Yep. Lots of folks from our Star Wars Old Republic group who are really hilarious, and some new people too. And the game supports adding as many people as we like. It seems like it, yeah. And there's nothing we can't kill so far, so it's gratifying. And your character's name is something Plucker Pick, right? I kept My saying. character's name is Hum and Strum Plucker Pick. Hum and Strum. That's Plucker. Hum with two M's, Strum with one. So H U M M N S T R U M. Hum and Strum Plucker Pick, and yours is John. John. G H A A N A, because. Jana? The, the spelling I wanted was taken. So find us. It, it'll be fun. We're just we're done with level three. We're I mean we're level three. I don't know yeah. how far we are. Maybe two two dots or whatever it yeah. is. Um. So we're we're looking to continue. Yeah, and the server we're on is Arganesson. Yep. Also important. But yeah, let us know. Tweet us or email us your character name or leave a comment over on the website. Yeah, like Daniel if you did. do that in advance, it'll really help us track you yeah. down Monday night. And as always, we are on Skype. We don't have any outtakes again. I, I, There were a lot of funny things that happened in the last I, episode as well. I kept chanting, Plucker Pick! Yeah, like, I did. was really frustrated that you'd done something, but <laughs> I don't know why. It just made me laugh. I was always like your go-to whipping boy whenever yeah. anything was going wrong. <laughs> I was like, Plucker Pick! Plucker Pick! Where's my heels! <laughs> You're like, you can heal yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But yeah, playing with this group of people, not just us. I mean, there's some really funny guys. They're oh, yeah. good gamers, and they're really funny. And I'm sorry I don't have the proof and the recordings, but just join us, and you'll see. Yep, check it out. Yeah, and I think is I think that's everything for our show. Yep, that's it for tonight. In the coming weeks or so, I, though I'm very certain we are going to pick a time for Planet Side 2 yeah. and potentially League of Legends, in addition to our DDO, also Neverwinter is here it's coming. Or just about to come never winter is coming <laughs> <It is. laughs> so there is so much that we want to play let us know if you are game for doing any of those other titles with us we'd love to hear from you we hope you liked this episode and we will be back next week good night welcome back to oh Welcome. They're for real? Level three? <laughs> what? Level three. Huh? <laughs> Is that what you put down as the title? <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that slipped past me. We're like, wait, what the f***?